is up? Welcome back. This is Lotus Chat. And you have here me, Jazzy, and Miss Ian. Hi. We are excited to be back and bring you guys episode 68, Recognizing the Patterns of Survival. Mm-hmm. Now, this is um, huge in understanding where you can take your life, understanding where you're at from being in survival mode and how do we get to thriving? How do we get to that thrival mode into your purpose, your passion, to that realm of prosperity or whatever that looks like for your life and your vision? Mm-hmm. Um, to start us off, I wanted to introduce some symptoms of what it's like being in survival mode. Mm-hmm. So um, these are some signs that you are in survival mode according to the Times of India an article that I was reading and I feel like it's pretty spot on. So we have chronic fatigue, difficulty sleeping, anxiety, anxiousness, overwhelm, difficulty concentrating, lack of motivation, irritability, anger, resentment, physical tension in your body, a decreased sex drive, trouble regulating your emotions, an impacted immune system, digestive issues, loss of appetite, uses of substances, social withdrawal, financial stress, negative self-talk, perfectionism, having a controlling demeanor, um, and avoidance. So you might find that your depression or your state of displeasure is actually accompanied with any of these symptoms in your life. And um, so with that being said, if you experience any of these things, it might be time for you to have like that internal check-in to see what we can do or what you can do to be able to elevate this state. So for you, Zian, what does survival mode mean to you and what does that look like? Thanks, Jazzy. That sounds like a really long list. (laughs) I was checking off a few things and was wondering which one were the ones that really spoke to me. So I guess uh, when we were discussing this, we wanted to reach out to listeners out there who are probably, uh, when they're listening to this, they are in a survival mode, but then they are not aware of it. And I think it's very common that when we are in that situation, we just don't realize it. And we just thought we're just going through the grind, but actually we're not, we're in survival mode. So I wanted to uh, share my personal story because I think that's when uh, people can relate the most. Uh, my most recent survival mode <laughs> because it's normal, right? Life, it's full of challenges. So I'm pretty sure that everyone has different challenges. And I think uh, when we are in survival mode, it looks different at different phase of our life and at different uh, challenging moments that really challenge us. So my most recent one was definitely uh, when I was going through my marriage breakdown. I was in that survival mode when I was in complete avoidance. I did not know that. And I guess the more precise term is I pretended that I didn't know. I don't want to know. So I pretended I'm not in survival mode, but I obviously am or rather were in survival mode. And um, I went into this whole avoidance mode. But not only that, I think there were um, unintentional built-up resentment due to a lot of anger that were kind of within me as I was as I was like clueless on how I could you know even solve it because these are like emotional issues right so I guess what it looks like for me were um, outbursts of anger and also just being in pure avoidance like 
I don't want to know and I'm pretending that everything's fine when it's not. Yeah. What about you, Jazzy? What will, how does yours look like? I totally resonate. That is something very similar. I, I guess I might do that in different ways, but I also take, um, I've seen myself taking the avoided route, whether that be through wanting to sleep or wanting to do a lot of stuff and tackle like really exhaustive to-do lists mm. or um, let's see, there's also hiding behind certain emotions like anger and sadness and hurt well I would deflect to be honest with you survival mode looked like deflection from being hurt so I would create this false sense of security so whether that meant withdrawing myself just taking myself away from like let me just avoid this completely yes. and out of sight out of mind and or also I don't know I don't know I don't know what to do um, I can't do this um <laughs> It's, <laughs> it's just, and how do you distract it, yourself, Jazzy? How do I what? Distract yourself. Like, what do you oh, do? How do I distract myself? Yeah, definitely by my, in my doings. Mm. Or I also escaped through reading. Um, I realized I would just find, if I didn't know what to do, yes. and I would find something to validate um, okay, let me just get this information and I'm going to just like go into heavily into these books. And, and after I've gotten the knowledge, I, I would keep myself the false sense of safety and security would be, okay, well, I know now, um, yes. but I wouldn't stretch. I, I wouldn't stretch out to, uh, okay, let me, let me practice it. So I didn't get to fully exercise the wisdom. I am getting better at that. I am allowing myself to, to pace, but that was one way I would distract myself um, and not prioritizing that emotion. I'm like, oh, I don't want to deal with sadness. I don't want to deal yeah. with the hurt. I don't want to deal with the anger. <laughs> yes, it's easier not to deal with it than to deal with it, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I, it, I, yeah. There's a, you know, it, it's, it's a payoff, you know, yes. like being able to just avoid it avoiding it like it gives us gave it gives me this false sense of everything's good we're good yeah <laughs> just <laughs> enough it's a just enough zone really yeah and in what I ways do you distract yourself um actually I, I I probably knew it but then didn't want to admit it um I guess one of the ways that I distract myself was I intentionally kept myself really busy at work but actually it wasn't that busy and I could have, you know, not do so many things. But then I was, I was, I was searching for things to do when I did not have to do it. So like, you know, putting my hands onto projects or, you know, doing on different things that it could have been left like that. And I think one specific moment I probably recall is that I intentionally kept myself busy by doing my master's. Like, it's not something I, I love admitting it, but I think that was uh, one of my key distraction points because I figured, like, if I were to go to dwell in that kind of emotion and I do not have a solution, I might as well use that same energy and the same time and effort and I put it in my academic studies and hopefully something good will come out of it. So it was like a form of distraction. And... Yeah, I, I don't know how to explain that, but you know, it was it was a form of distraction and it was a 
you know, just something that I could do. And the payoff for me is, again, like what you said, I resonate with that, that security by thinking that if I were to, you know, equip myself with this armor of knowledge or whatever, I could feel secure, you know, it's that feeling that, hey, I guess I can feel secure with another degree. (laughs) Now that you talk about it, but yes, that's the payoff. So what I'm hearing you say is that a way of distracting yourself was becoming the overachiever. Yes, yes, that's right. And I think just now when you were talking about, you know, how some people, when they're in the survival mode, their lack of motivation. But I think for this um, specific situation in my marriage, it wasn't lack of motivation because I felt there were so much emotions within me. I needed to expel those emotions by not being passive. So I was incredibly motivated, but I don't know what to do with that energy because it was like intense. You know, it was... It was like one day was like anger. And then one day was like, you know, I need to do it. I, I keep moving around. I need to stand up. I walk around. I'm fidgety. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not calm. I'm not peaceful. I'm just, I just need to do something with my hands. I just need to move. Yeah. You know, I think that's when I went into this whole kickboxing too. <laughs> <I'm fine>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I needed to that. expel the energy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I remember that actually. And, oh, and I can... <laughs> yeah, and I can tell you, I I would I would probably be the first person to say I'm not in survival mode. No, I'm, I'm fine, you know. Yeah, everything's going yeah. great. Yeah, and so, but that's also another means of survival mode is, um, wanting to be right, looking good, yeah. and wanting to appear that you are in control, wanting to feel like you're in yes. control. Yes. So and it, and it sounds so strange to say, right? Because. It's, it's so common. It's like, no, I got this. I'm doing everything I need to. Yes. But then you realize that you're not in the space of thriving. You're just surviving. You're just doing enough to have enough, yeah. be enough. Yeah. And then you're not quite at fulfillment. You're not yeah. quite in that space yet. So it's the, your beingness is what generates um, your doing this, right? But if we find that we're just doing um that's where it becomes almost unaligned with your vision so if your vision is to have a successful fulfilling life what uh, across the board in your career and your family and your health and Mm. all the things um but you're doing all the things for it but you're not quite in your being of like being responsible or being accountable for those um emotions that you put to the side then it's just like something you sweep under the rug or put into Mm. the closet Mm. so it's not quite in full authenticity or um, integrity with what your vision is because mm. we're focused on doing. Survivors will do what they need to do. Yeah. But then that means we back burner. How are we truly being? What are we truly feeling and experiencing? Yeah. But I do want to point out that I think when we are in survival mode, it doesn't mean that necessarily, it doesn't necessarily means that it's not good all the time. I think it's impossible for a human being to go through life challenges and then they just flip from survival mode to thriving mode in like, I don't know, days or hours, you know, we, we can't just flip like that. There will be some point or a phase where 
we want to be in survival mode and I guess we have to kind of go through that tunnel as well. So being in that space um, helps us to also process what things are going on around us, you know. So I think, um, I guess to people who's listening to this right now and they're probably in survival mode, I think the message is not that get out of that survival mode as fast as you can, more like being really aware that you are in this survival mode and gradually heading towards the thriving mode. Because sometimes if you're not aware, you could be stuck in the same situation for years, you know, like looking like you're busy for years, but actually the inner emotion is something that we need to deal with, you know? Absolutely. Then that draws it back to recognizing the patterns. What are the patterns yes. that are playing out? Mm. And as you bring that up, um, about how it's not necessarily, it doesn't mean it's good or bad. There is no good or bad, it just is. It's just feedback. Yes. Like your results and your environment will provide what you are experiencing and we get to either look at it like fact or interpretation. Hmm. So knowing that we can acknowledge the patterns um, while we're going through these circumstances, events or receiving the feedback, Zian, what ways do you find that, uh, like, what can emerge? Like, what, what is possible out of those um, circumstances? What do you find awakens? Uh, what opportunities do we have? I think the opportunity for me uh, in my ways of being is being able to kind of ignite that warrior side of me. Yeah, that's probably it. Uh, the, the, the independent and the warrior side of me, which I knew it was in there, but there weren't any opportunities for that side and that character of me to emerge. So that's why it remained like a like a dormant character within me, you know. So like I knew I was a survivor and a warrior, but it just never came out until whatever I was facing, you know, then you, I would, that side of me were being forced out of me. <laughs> so I think the goodness that came out of everything was that I became the independent person that I always envisioned, but never had the courage to. Mm. How about you, Jensi? Uh, I guess what I found in my survival mode is that um, I I be I am a I am a great visionary. I I I get to see the contrast, like what's happening that is undesirable, unwanted, um, less pleasurable, whatever whatever the experience is, and I get to look at something new and create something new. Mm. And um, and I figure um, before in my survival mode, it'd be like why me, and then it's like a the transition for me was, or the shift is, um, how is this happening for me? Mm. And in that transitional mindset, I found that I can actually guide people. So I feel like that's what awakens within me is that I could become an artist of life in such the way that I get to choose um, what I'm going to take with these events that happen for me. Mm. Um, how can I help others? Uh, who might experience the same similar um, happenstances as well so yes yeah I love that and I think that uh, when people go through things like that is because 
you know, life is teaching us a few lessons so that we can then gather all this wisdom and experience and then pay it forward to someone else too who's going through the same thing, you know? Absolutely. I mean, there's a, they always say like, there's nothing is a coincidence. There's yes. a wisdom behind everything. Yeah, so. that's a good that comes out from everything that we are doing, right? Good or bad there must be something good out of it. It's just that we have to recognize that. And I think one of the good things that came out of it is knowing the Lotus Chat ladies. I would not have known you girls if I didn't go through what I went through and then, you know, um, sign up for ETA. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've definitely embraced how my survival mode is what took me also took me to the same steps in creating change yes. and also leaving us first. so yeah it's a great payoff for me <laughs> so that's yes. one way that my survival mode paid off <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> okay so um how what do you think that it's going to take to give ourselves permission to emerge what can you share for our viewers um, or listeners for me i think um the turning point for me was um when i was discussing everything i went through with a really good friend of mine i'm just gonna call her goldfish and uh, that's a nickname so um and i think it was having that true friend true friend who really noticed that big change in me and um uh, call me out for trying to, you know, act like everything is okay. And I think just uh, right, like really standing beside me and go like, hey, something's not right and you got to, you know, kind of deal with it. And I don't know how, but then maybe this might help. And that's when the whole ETA came, you know. So, um, and it wasn't really like permission, more like, I guess I, I will also, at, the, at that time, I've really reached to a point where I think um, physically I'm experiencing a lot of weird pains that I could not ignore anymore. Like, I think there were moments where I have weird ulcers and like, you know, like just, just weird stuff happening in my body, like physically. I think all those emotional emotions were emerging through all these physical symptoms. So I knew that, you know, I... I no matter what I'm doing, no matter how busy I am or how how I am pretending not to know, I just have to deal with it. Yeah. What about you? And how did you give yourself permission to emerge? Yes. One way is to, one way that I look at it now is getting really real with myself. Is my, is a relationship with myself or my life at a 10? Like if, I'm, if, if I were to rate it from a one to a 10 um, and if it's when I notice that it wasn't um, that's when I get to see that <clears throat> that it's this is all my responsibilities so when it comes to acknowledging what are the pain points what mm. patterns and how am I suffering how have I created suffering because it's not anyone else's fault right because if anyone had created a circumstance in which I was unhappy that meant that I chose to be affected by that or allowed myself to stay affected or a victim to that mm. and allowed my external environment to dictate how I'm going to live life so 
I feel like the ways that I gave myself permission is to take accountability and really just not judging myself for it and knowing that um, I have two choices here. So I get to uh, take the risk and develop um, a relationship with risk, going outside of the comfort zone and allowing myself to create new choices of, of how else can I take responsibility for my life? How else can I take responsibility for what's happening, what has happened mm. and go from victim to Victor. So I think uh, looking at it like there's opportunity here rather than disaster. Mm. Victim to Victor, I love that, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, um, um, I guess, uh, is there anything else you'd like to add, Jazzy? Um, I guess, um, And if I were to share anything around, like, how do you get out of survival mode? That would be first start with your truth, start with the truth and looking at what's going on objectively as an observer. How about that? As an observer, um, cease all the complaints, whether it be about yourself or whatever's happened or who did what or what happened to you. So just take that responsibility. Um, be completely and accountably be completely and, and accountably responsible for the feedback that the world gives you and that you give yourself. And um, I think most importantly is to forgive yourself, forgive yourself by bringing compassion to how you were or how you behaved when you are in survival mode or when you were in survival mode, because sometimes we're not, operating at our highest but even in our shittiest of times our shittiest of times can also mean that that's what we have as our best at the moment mm -hmm. and that gets to be forgiven because we're human and we're learning and we have the opportunity to create shifts and that also begins with how we treat ourselves so yeah give yourself yeah. that opportunity that permission to be kind and find new ways to love yourself through survival mode. <laughs> yes, I love that. <laughs> and I also want to encourage uh, women who's listening to this right now, and they are probably in a, perhaps in a survival mode for quite some time, probably living in denial or pretending not to know. I guess mm -hmm. uh, my encouragement would be that uh, take that first step, you know, of uh, taking, because this word taking responsibility sounds really scary when you're in a survival mode. But I guess my my message is just take that first step and, and experience the world that you are in right now as it is, just that one small step versus creating a lot of what ifs and creating all this false reality in your mind that has not happened, you know, making a lot of assumptions of things that have not happened and, you know, trying to create an a really scary world in your imagination, but it hasn't happened. You know, but so not to think so far and just really focus on that one step that you have to take right now in order to get out of the survival mode and just, you know, hate from like what Jazzy said, reaching to Victor. 
And if you like what you're hearing today, I want to encourage you to just click like, subscribe to both our YouTube and Spotify channels. And we always encourage uh, viewers' feedback. So if you have anything you'd like to share with us or a request for a next topic, email us at lotuschatworldwide at gmail.com. So signing off, I'm Zian. And I'm Jazzy. Bye. Bye.